Hi, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Grumpy Metalheads podcast. I'm the heavy metal strength coach, and I'm joined as ever by Shrubs666, working from home today. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, good. Yeah, really good. You've caught me a good time. It's not too early in the morning now, so I'm actually awake. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been listening to this week, my friend? There was a couple of good, big releases. So I'm going to start off with Blind Guardians, The God Machine, and what a cracking album. Uh, I mean, Chris will say that this is no surprise that I was going to like this album. <laughs> I have a soft spot for Blind Guardian. And I think it's a it's a well-deserved spot, soft spot. I mean, if you want to go into the realms of power metal, they are probably one of the best out there at the moment doing that style of music. They've really got it down to a T. They know how to write those riffs. They know how to write the lyrics. They know how to vocally perform it. And they do it really, really well every time. I wasn't so keen on the last release they did, but that was because it was more of an orchestral arrangement they did. Um, and it was only really Hansy Kush that, that, that was involved in that per se. I think that's why it's called Blind Guardian Twilight or something. But the previous album was really, really good. I think something to do with the Red Door. And that was great. And this one is just following on from it. I, I just love the way they weave stories in, in their lyrics. And this one's got quite a few different stories. I'm just going to go and find them now because there was some really really good good stories in here like the first one deliver the first track deliver us from evil is all about the crucible so it's all about the salem witches and things like that and that's yeah. really, really good um secrets of the american gods is all about neil gaiman's american gods and then there's a track on there it's about battlestar galactica um there's also quite an emotional track on there called Let It Be No More that deals with the death of uh, Hansi Kirsch's mother, so which is quite nice. And then he deals with stuff from The Witcher. So they've moved away from being Tolkien-based because they were very, very Tolkien-based with a lot of their stuff. And they've moved away from that, but still dealing with quite a lot of fantasy-based stuff. Um, but they make it interesting. They don't make it, like, super, super nerdy or anything. It's... It, and they make it really good. The riffs on this album are just superb all the way through. The drumming on it, the, the sound of the drums is just immense. I, I just I just love it. So yeah, this is for me an absolutely banging album on form. So glad that, that it's come out. It, it's it's great. Oh, that's wonderful. What would you give it out of 10? I've given this a nine out of 10. It's a pusher for getting into my top 10. Whether it'll get there. It, it, it'll be it'll be close because like I say there's so many good releases I think my my shortlist so far is up to about 30 albums this year already and we've still got likes of Guerrero to release an album this month as well so so yeah. is, we're going to be on the edge of our seats waiting for that uh, top 10 at the end of the year shrubs it's going to be so hard I'm gonna I'm gonna hate doing it <laughs> um yeah it's 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 knocking on that door um, it, it, it's that good an album. Every time I listen to it, I get a little bit more from it all the time. So, and long may it continue. It, it, it is an album I've, I've been enjoying going back to and back to and back to. What else have you been listening to this week? Another really, really big release is Megadeth and their new album, The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. And I didn't particularly have many great hopes for this because I don't think Megadeth have done any particularly good albums for a while and well I certainly haven't been enjoying them lots of other people have been enjoying them and thinking they've been good I haven't particularly enjoyed them but this one 
whatever it was that he's done, it just properly clicked with me. Literally from the first listen, I was impressed with it from the first listen and each subsequent listen, it's just got better and better and better. Mm. And, uh, and I just feel that um, Dave Mustaine seems to be back on form with his songwriting. The vitriol in his vocals seems to be back, obviously not quite as much as it was in the eighties and early nineties, because I don't think he can just, he can't do that, that voice anymore. But I think he's had he's had some throat issues in the last few years. I think even throat cancer, I think, or some sort. So obviously he can't really get to that proper proper snarl that he had in the eighties on like peace cells and rust in peace. But he's kind of got a lot of that edge back, and thank God he has because th this album is cracking. There's some absolutely blinding songs on this album. One that's a couple of them that stood out to me was Dogs of Chernobyl which kind of has this nice gentle acoustic intro. Then it gets into like a nice full on sort of like really heavy metal type bit. And then for the last two minutes of the track from about four minutes on, it just goes balls out thrash and he just slams you really, really hard with, yeah. with some proper, proper nice old school Megadeth style riffs. Uh, and it's fantastic. And then another song called Night Stalkers, which seems a little bit unusual for him because it looks, it, it's kind of lyrically, it look, from reading through some of the lyrics on it, it's very much sort of like bigging up US Special Forces military prowess. But it has Ice-T doing a spoken word element to it, which is really, really cool. And the minute you heard um, heard him in there, you, you just knew it was Ice-T by a mile. Didn't even need to do it. But if you get the special edition version, you get two extra tracks on there. One's a Dave Kennedy's cover called Police Truck. Sounds really, really cool. He's, he's beefed it up from what the Dave Kennedy's version was, obviously. But uh, And then The Planet's on Fire, Burning Hell, which is a proper hard rock type song. And then when I found out today that it was um, a Sammy Hager cover, and it has Sammy Hager, who was um, ex-vocalist with Van Halen, you definitely get to know what what, you, what it's all about there. But the way he's done it, it just adds to the end of the album. It's really, really cool. So, How would you give it out of 10? Uh, I've given that a 9 out of 10 because, I, again, I keep going back to it and I keep hearing, you know, new riffs or new elements to riffs that he's done. And I, and I, and I just sit back and go, this just feels like this is going back to those Peace Cells and Rest in Peace era of them and so far so good so what it it fits so much with with that obviously it's progressed on from there um quite a bit but it just fits better with that than it has done for some of the the, the releases that come like in the last say 10 15 years that he's done um, okay nice i haven't enjoyed them at all but like i say this one i really really enjoyed and and mm. was surprised i enjoyed it that much what else have we got my friend Okay, I've got a little bit of uh, kind of symphonic, melodic death metal next with a band called Shadow of Intent and the mm -hmm. album's Eulogy. If you like kind of Flesh God Apocalypse, uh, Black Dahlia Murder, Abigail Williams, this, this is kind of for you. It's really, really good in that death core with a bit of symphonic element into it. Very much like, say, more like Black Dahlia Murder and that sort of stuff and Flesh God Apocalypse, really good combination of that. Great vocals in it, great riffs all the way through, properly been enjoying enjoying listening to that. Again, it, I kind of just come across it from somewhere else, and Chuck Billy 
was on it from Testament, which threw me out because it's like Chuck Billy's like full on thrash vocalist on a death metal album it's uh, but then uh, you look back in testament's history and they've got pretty much a death metal album in there and where chuck billy does do death growls pretty much through the whole album it fits really well they've got the last track on the album for me is one of the best on there called eulogy three overcome and i was just listening to that again and it's so powerful um the riffs are so strong in there you get kind of some of the um almost mashugger like rhythms going on with it as well but without fully plagiarizing Meshuggah and stuff like that. So yeah, this is this is a cracking album and definitely worth giving a good listen to. Would you give it out of 10? I've given that an eight out of 10. Ooh. All right, my friend, what else have we got? One last band, a band from Quebec in Canada, and it's called they're called Eternum and it's Heir of the Rising Sun. Another band I just come across through doing some searching on some other stuff. This is a band that if you like bands like Exdio, Melakesh, Orphan, earlier Orphan Land, sort of like early to mid Orphan Land stuff. I, I don't know too much about them. Um, I think this is their this is their fifth album. <laughs> I thought it was third, but fifth album. So they, they, they've obviously done quite a bit in their time. It, it seems like it's steeped in sort of like Middle Eastern history and you get those Middle Eastern rhythms and sometimes you get clean vocals that have that, that Middle Eastern kind of lilt to them, which makes it kind of interesting, a little bit like XDO do, where they have that kind of dramatic clean vocals, big, the guy doing big booming speeches type thing and then goes off and does you know, growls, they do exactly the same thing. Lots of symphonic elements to it and lots of sort of like uh, Middle Eastern instrument sounds going on then. Just really, really good. I think the songs are relatively short as well. So they're not they're not too dramatic. You've got one in there at seven minutes. Oh, and the last one is 10 and a half minutes, but everything else is around that sort of like five minute long. So you're not, you're not being dragged through it for forever, but just really, really good, well put together and thoroughly interesting read if you uh, listen if you like that kind of symphonic melodic death metal yeah uh, that those bands do and like i said i tried to have a look a little bit more there isn't a lot more about them to be honest but um yeah just a really really good listen and well worth giving it if you definitely if you like xdo and orphan land for definite if you if you like that that stuff definitely go and give it a check out because i think you'll like it yeah for sure i'll check that one out what did you give out of 10 8 out of 10 for that one, because like I say, it's, it's, it's a good listen. All right, my friend, that brings us to Essential Metal Listening. What have you got? Right, we're going to go back quite a few years now. <laughs> this album was released the 22nd of March, 1987. And being this, this all came about because I listened to Megadeth and I thought, ah, who haven't I done so far? And it has to be Anthrax and Among the Living because that album is just literally chock-a-block full of all the songs that pretty much everyone knows <laughs> Anthrax for. Mm-hmm. Caught in a Mosh is in there, I Am The Law, Indians is on there. It, it's just, Evil Nikofessen <laughs> is on there. It, it's just absolutely chock-full of probably the best songs that Anthrax have ever written. Con- you know, for a whole album, there is not a single loose track on here that that just doesn't feel like it you know it's a filler every single one is absolutely banging yeah they're just unrelenting on this album I mean I love I Am The Law I think it's 
a great tune. Caught in a Mosh, I think, is absolutely hilarious and, and just a, a great song. NFL, yeah, Evil <laughs> Nicky Fesson, Nice Fucking Life. I, I just, again, just absolutely every single one on here is just a, an absolute banging, just a banging track that just, say, just sums up that East Coast thrash sound. You know, Nuclear Assault had started because it was. Uh, Danny Lilka, who was originally in Anthrax, had, had left and started that. And that just that whole East Coast just sound sounds a lot sounded a lot rawer, but also at the same time a little bit more fun than than the West Coast Thrash was doing. So you had the likes of Metallica, Exodus, Slayer, all over on the West Coast doing much much bigger sounding stuff. These guys still sounded a little bit raw, a little bit more street, and a little bit more. They, they were seemed to be tied in a lot more with skaters and stuff like that as well that was going on in on the East Coast there. Yeah, it just seemed to just seemed to be a little bit more. Yeah, just raw. I think is probably the best way to explain it. And I think this is this is a great album that just sums sums up like that New York thrash scene. And every single track is just an absolute banger on there. Listening to it again, I haven't listened to it for many years. Obviously, I you get you get one one or two tracks that keep turning up when you have some sort of like old school playlist going on. But to listen to the album as a whole again, I I was just goosebumps all the way through for every single one and a smile at the same time you know if it does that to you then you know it must have been an absolute banging album at the time because it still is a banging album now okay my friend well that's fantastic i will let you get back to work now and we will see you all again next week <laughs>